0: What is up, hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation. Yes, we are the dynamic duo known as Downey and Martez. I am Trey Downey, and with me every single week, I'm hoping he doesn't walk off in the middle of this show, the one, the only, the Len Martez. What's up, man? It all depends on what
1: you do in regards to me walking off. Because it's not my fault. I play hurt. I come to work. Do what I got to do. So just You're just going
0: galliv- to gallivant, go to some basketball games.
1: I, I'm just telling you, I come to work, play hurt. It doesn't matter. I get it taped up. I get it shot up. Whatever it is. The issue is, are you going to give me my targets? Because if you don't trade down, if you don't give me my mic time, I will be walking off.
0: Okay, so <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's
0: all you t- got. <laughs> I got distracted there for a second. I don't know what happened, but uh, so you can follow Len on Twitter at Lmar 810 You can follow me at TD Experience. I'm giving him the shout out so he doesn't walk out of here. And you can follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore. Nation and check out BucksNation.com for the latest and greatest on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And as you've seen on the Bucks Nation Twitter this week, and as you've seen on BucksNation.com this week, it had, all of the storylines involving the Buccaneers have co- been completely dominated by what happened with Antonio Brown this past Sunday against the New York Jets. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of what happened. In the game, the Bucs do beat the Jets in comeback fashion, but they do it without Antonio Brown. And let's be honest, other than playoff scenarios, there's not a ton to preview when it comes to this Sunday's game against the Panthers. This is going to be about what happened, the situation with Antonio Brown, and the aftermath.
1: Well, no, I want to talk about Sam Donald and the the Carolina Panthers coming to town. Keep pounding, baby. We don't want to talk about the Panthers. So last week...
0: So in that game against the Jets, Antonio Brown walks off after getting into it with Bruce Arians and refusing to go back into the game. Mike Evans tried to stop Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown delivered some what seemed to be expletives uh, Mike Evans' way, if you are a good lip reader there, left his pads uh, on the sidelines, ran off the field, changed into his... Gremlin outfit. Hold on, no, no, don't forget to... the jumping
1: jacks, man. The jumping oh, jacks yes, the... got to be part of the story because you know if you're hurting your ankles bothering you, you wouldn't be doing jumping jacks while you when you leave MetLife Stadium in the, yep. in the middle of so, the third quarter.
0: So but, he does jump,
1: but he was jumping jacks. He 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 looked like you know he was pretty good doing those jumping jacks too.
0: Yeah, so he does the jumping jacks in the Jets end zone before running into the tunnel and getting off of the field. Uh, when I saw this, it was kind of, let's get into what happened first and then we can discuss the aftermath with now today, the Bucks finally releasing Antonio Brown and Bruce Arians speaking to the media, giving his side of the story after last night, Wednesday night, Antonio Brown leveled some pretty heavy accusations at Bruce Arians and the Buccaneers considering that ankle and everything that happened involving that. But Lynn, I just want to ask what's, to me, it was like really this again when the whole interaction happened, and I went back to the fact that, man,, I'll, I didn't go as far back as to should the bucks have ever have signed him to begin with, but I certainly went back to a couple of weeks ago where we debated, should they bring him back after the suspension? and you thought that they that he should be gone. I thought that he should be gone. I'm like, man, this is they and especially seeing the way that he handled it in the aftermath, to me it was just kind of like a especially after seeing his answer to Jen Elaine a few weeks ago, I'm like, something that this is gonna end badly and yeah, it finally did. No,
1: let, 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 hold on now, because first off, let's let's discuss what happened in that third quarter. Okay. Regards to, and I'm not I don't wanna break down specifically what happened. I'm just talking in terms of how one player left the football field. That has never been the case before. We've never seen that happen before. Have we seen guys leave the sidelines? Yes. But the antics that went on, that's been the first. So with that said, let's not sit here and say, oh, well, I kind of knew at some point he was going to go sideways. "Eh." No, I'm not going there. I'm really not. Did I did I question him being brought back after the whole fake uh, vaccination card? Yeah, absolutely. But I also knew, in regards to the fact that if he could help you win, you were gonna bring him back. And my thinking was, and don't trip and tell me this is not what you thought. And I'm not saying just you, Trey. I'm talking about Bucks Nation. Don't sit there and tell me, oh, you knew at some point before the season ended he was going to go sideways. That's BS. B-S. You thought that he was going to finish out this year
0: and help you in another title one. That's what you thought. I thought it was going to – me. I I know you weren't addressing me personally, but based on what I just said, yeah. especially, especially seeing after how he reacted no. and not taking any responsibility – I didn't... Let me finish. I'm let not me finish. saying anything. Go ahead and I finish. Know. You, you're saying no, no. I, I'm, like, no, you're I'm not saying just, no. I'm shaking just, my head. No, you were saying no, too. Roll back the tape. You were shaking your head <laughs> and saying no. But, uh, no, I, I didn't... Obviously, I didn't see wh- exactly what happened Sunday happening. And I didn't even necessarily see, per se, uh, him not being on the roster come playoff time I'm not saying that but I had a feeling things what we saw in post game a few weeks ago I thought that that was kind of a precursor that things might start to get a little bit rocky it went further than I expected it to but I did not expect there to be there not to be another story of Antonio Brown and the media or Antonio Brown in the locker room for the rest of the season. I expected something else to bubble up.
1: I'm not going to call BS on that, but I'm going to tell you that I'm not buying it. And here's the reason why, because you have Tom Brady here, who was supposed to be the guy that was pretty much kind of like keeping AB under but he did the that.
0: whole vaccination, the fake vaccination thing with Brady. Still, oh, that's
1: fine. But that's not on field. This is an on field issue. What happened on Sunday was on field, and at that standpoint, you thought, like everyone else did, mostly everyone else, that if something went sideways, that Tom would be able to handle it. Here's the reason why. Okay. You're talking about a guy (laughs) in Tom Brady who took this guy into his house and basically signed off on him being part of this football team. And because of that, you thought, and when I say you, I do mean you this time, Trey Downey, and I mean Bucks Nation. You thought, we got Tom Brady. If anything kind of, you know, stirs up, Tom will be able to handle it. Tom and Tom and A.B. get along. They hug it out. They had a great game against uh, Carolina a couple of weeks ago. I mean, you can see why A.B. Still on still on his football field. If you had any doubts, the end of that game against Carolina where Tom Brady and A.B. are hugging it out, you, again, this is everything that you had to think was going to be the reason why he was going to be on your roster throughout the playoff season
0: whenever the season ended. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm not, I just said, I said I expected him to be on the roster. I didn't see it going this far. Okay, and again, once again, what developed was a on-field issue.
1: We can talk about what he did in that in that uh, post-game press conference through Zoom last week. We both editorialized on that. We said what we thought about what he did and how wrong he was for doing it. We can talk about the fake vaccination card but what happened on Sunday was on the field and so, how surprised were you I was surprised about the ending I wasn't surprised about about him going going kind of sideways about allegedly now is that the fact that he wasn't getting the football he wasn't targeted as much as he wanted to be in the first half,
0: yeah, story broke that he had to be calmed down at halftime by players so, so because he, was he wasn't upset getting his about targets. That.
1: Am I surprised that happened? No, I'm not surprised that that happened. I'm surprised about how the antics went on when he finally decided he was going to take his butt into the into the locker room and and come off the football field. I'm surprised about how how that happened because, like I said, I've never seen that before. But once again. All Bucks fans, don't fool yourselves because you're not fooling me. I'm telling you flat out. You didn't expect A.B. to go this far in regards to an on-field issue. You didn't. Give because, you that 100%. Because this is not the average quarterback that he's playing with. He's playing with the guy that has vows for him, that has won seven Super Bowls, that won one with him last year, that was basically was targeting the heck out of him. We can go back to last year and even this year. Every game that A.B. has played, by the way, every game that he played in the last last 14 games he played with the Bucs, you know the Bucs record? (laughs) Including Sunday's game, (laughs) 14-0. Every game that he suited up in the last 14 games, the Bucks have been undefeated, but that's besides the point. My point is the fact that Tom was targeting him last year six, seven, eight times a game and was doing it this year that, that much. That's why I'm telling you, you didn't expect this to go sideways with an on-field issue. He was giving him the football. He wasn't on Sunday. He was giving it to Gronk. And my man went sideways. And that's why it happened.
0: Do you think it's that far of a stretch to think that uh, because he was so close to getting, the, to getting those incentives, do you think it's that crazy to think that because it was week 17 that A.B. thought that this was the last game of the season and that he had to get reach those incentives no, by I, the uh, end of this game?
1: Yeah, no, I'm not. I mean, could, could it be? Yeah, it could be. But I don't. I don't think that was, I don't think that's, I don't think that's the because he was
0: very close. It's not like, it's not like he didn't have a chance. He wasn't going so to have So you're telling a me he didn't know he did that
1: there was an 18th
0: game to get his incentives? I'm not, I, I don't think that, I don't necessarily 100% believe that, but that wouldn't shock me if that was part of this deal. I. I can't tell you,
1: I can't tell you that players in this league have done some, things that would make you scratch your head in regards to the rules uh for instance not knowing the overtime rule and how things work out in overtime there's still players that come into the league that are like we can games can end in a tie yes Yes. dude games can end in a tie so am i gonna sit here and tell you oh no no absolutely not 100 percent ab has to know there's gonna be there was an 18th game no i'm not gonna tell you 100 but i would think a guy that's He's no dummy. He's not. I mean, a, B, a, 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 B may be A may be A B may have a couple of <laughs> screws loose, and he may, he may be short of a few sandwiches of a full picnic, but he is he's an intelligent dude. He's just a little bit on the wacky side. I think I think he was clear on knowing that there was 18 games. And not, not only that, but there's an agent involved. 17 games, too.
0: 18 weeks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's an agent involved. 17 games. I'm sorry. 17 yeah. games, 18 weeks. There's an
0: agent, there's an agent involved too. And Which it did come out that they, that he, uh, that the agent tried to negotiate where those incentives, yeah, where the incentives were, 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 were guaranteed. guaranteed. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, so again, you would think that that wasn't a factor in him going sideways and
0: in, in, uh, week 17 the 16th game of the season so let's talk about the situation the aftermath and based on what based on what you've said so far on this podcast i think that uh it is safe to assume that you tend to believe bruce arian's account of the events which he uh explained to the media this afternoon, Thursday afternoon, that he had no knowledge on the sideline of an injury with Antonio Brown, that Antonio Brown told him that he's not getting the ball, so he's not going back into the game. Uh, And Bruce Arians also saying that Antonio Brown and Mike Evans were both on pitch counts this past weekend, as opposed to Antonio Brown's account of events that were saying that he would not go back into the game because of an injury, that he is going to need surgery on his injured ankle and that he was uh for lack of a better term forced into playing on Sunday by the coaching staff and that's why the whole situation happened. Uh I think the I think the truth is more towards Bruce Arians side, but I also think that there is there might be some truth to Antonio Brown believing his account. Of events. I don't necessarily think that, I don't think whatsoever that they forced him into playing any, any kind of that. The Bucs were already division champions and you're already short. You're uh, one of your best wide receivers in Chris Godwin. So why are you going to further take that risk with a severe injury in Antonio Brown? You're just not going to take that risk. Do I think that there's something in antonio brown's head that especially with how things ended that he believes his account of events yes i think that's possible but i think bruce arian's account of events especially with the story coming out about what happened at what happened at halftime i think that bruce arian's story of events is much 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 closer to the truth than what antonio brown says and i mean look at reputation are you going to believe a guy with bruce arian's reputation or a guy with antonio brown's reputation who not during a game but during practice has had a similar outburst before with the pittsburgh steelers
1: here's the thing and i'll I'll equate this to my analogy will be a show that i'm i'm a pretty good fan of pretty big fan I will openly admit this, and yes, I'm going to do this on this podcast, Downey Martez, Bucks Nation Podcast. I am a fan of Judge Judy and her show, and I'm going to tell you how. Never heard
0: this before. This is, this I'm, is great. I'm going to tell you
1: how. This, I'm going to tell you how this reminds me of an episode on Judge Judy. You've got a plaintiff and you got a defendant, and they both have their story. And no matter how much the truth is the truth, there's at least one person who swears up and down their right. Doesn't matter what the truth is, but they will plead and plead and plead to the judge who is the law in this situation. And yet again, their story is what they want to be what's believed that's not always the case again you got two stories you got the truth and then you got another person who's way the hell over here but only wants to hear what they want to hear that's what a b is a b is that person that's way the hell over their left field that wants you to believe everything they're telling you but yet that's not the truth and that's how it is. That's how it is on 90% of the episodes that I watch in Judge Judy. She gets to the truth. She gets to the truth. She's the law. She hands down. She hands down the judgment. And then you still got a person who walks out of that courtroom saying, oh, no, I was right. No, the hell you worried. She just told you the law. Okay? That's how A.B. is. AB's going to always think he was right no matter what the story is that's how it is and again somewhere in between bruce and ab is the truth but guess like you guess where i'm leaning towards i will say this much and i don't know this for a fact but i think there may have been slight slight miscommunication too because according to ab ab's like Hey, he gave me the throat slash. He gave me the Undertaker throat slash. He he said I was done. I don't know that Bruce went all that.
0: <laughs> he, Bruce <laughs> was asked. I don't I, know that he. Went I, believe all was, I believe it was. I believe it was. I believe it was Rick Stroud who asked Bruce if he gave Antonio Brown the throat slash, and Bruce basically said he did the just pointed to pointed to get out. Yeah. So.
1: Okay, get out. But here's the miscommunication. Because I don't know specifically if Bruce meant he's done for the team. Get out. That could mean you're not playing the rest of the game. We'll figure this out after we get this win. And we'll talk when we get to Tampa. We get, we'll we talk to Adam Held Center 100%. on Monday. Okay. That could be, again, the miscommunication. Because that is what set off the man from take, taking the 81 jersey off. Going at it with Mike Evans, and when I say going at it, I don't mean like they were flat out arguing. Mike Evans was doing what a teammate wants to do in regards to and and, and should do because I I would have the
0: leader it. should do what a yeah, captain I should do. I would have
1: done it. You want you're trying to be you're trying to be the voice of reason in that. All right, and you would hope that there was someone like that. If I'm in a situation where I'm when I'm going sideways and not thinking straight, I want somebody to come in front of me, like, dude, to be able to calm me down, slap me in the face, yep. theoretically, and say, "Let's tighten up, dude. This is this is where we're at. We got to do this. Let's win this game, and we'll figure this out afterwards. We're we'll going for another Super Bowl." Okay, that's that was that was Mike Evans' approach, and I and I appreciate that. But again, when Bruce told AP and, and gave him the Hero. As in regards to go to the locker room, it didn't necessarily mean that you were off the team because you didn't because those weren't the words that were used. That's the miscommunication because that pushed A. B. Antonio Brown over the edge to commit the stupid thing that he did in regards to taking his jersey off, doing the jumping jacks, and totally, totally getting himself
0: off the football team. Yeah, and uh, I'll be honest. If, if he sits Anto- on the
1: sidelines and keeps his mouth shut, doesn't do anything, or even, even if he does, go off on the sidelines. He's done it before. We talked about it last week. Went or, or, he went or sideways the- on Todd Haley. He went sideways on Ben Roethlisberger plenty of times. If you sit on the sidelines and go sideways, that's fine. But the antics he pulled, got himself, kicked off the football team.
0: And being gone. If... Think, if, if he goes to the locker room and then either comes back out on the sideline or is in the locker room and has calmed down and is like, Coach, let's talk about this after the game. I don't think Bruce Arians goes into his post-game press conference and the first thing he says is Antonio Brown is no longer a buck. Correct. If, if any of that happens. Now, is there a situation where he still does get – Released, I think that's possible, of but course. I don't think the situation you talk I don't think about situ- it
1: and you, you talk about it and you see the response that you get. And if and he may have not, he may have not went sideways in that particular situation where you're telling him to go back to the locker room and he goes back to the locker room and you talk about it, he may go sideways in the conversation you have with him and you might say, You know what, you did what you did on Sunday. I wasn't gonna cut you, but now that you're going off on me now, I've had enough. And that's and that potentially could have happened. That's where I think again, and I don't know, maybe miscommunication is the wrong word, but Bruce telling him to go back to the locker room was AB's final straw. But it didn't have to be the final straw with him being with the football team.
0: And well, and I also think that him refusing to go into the game was kind of, sort of, Bruce's last straw. Because I'll say this, I think that a part of how the whole thing has played out, you have to look into the backstory and everything that has gone on between Bruce Arians and Antonio Brown. Their history in Pittsburgh, what Bruce Arians said about not not bringing, into, bringing him into the team, what happened last year, and then him saying the one strike, and then the... COVID thing happening and Bruce Arians still brings him back. I guarantee you, it goes through Bruce Arians head after everything. And I said, one strike, the COVID things happen happens. I still bring you back. And now you do this. That's that's, off. Naturally. That's going to make someone angry. And that's fine. But you're
1: forgetting, you're forgetting, you're forgetting that, that, that there's one thing. That supersedes and has superseded. AB coming to the Bucks from the beginning, and Tom that Brady, would be Tom Brady, yeah. Because if Tom Brady would have, if AB goes back to the locker room and hangs out there and flies back with the team, and Bruce pulls up Tom and says, "We need to talk because I, I'm 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 done with your boy," and they have a conversation, and Tom's like, "Look." We we don't have Chris anymore, meaning Godwin. We need him to make another run. I know other guys have stepped up. That's fine, but Bruce, offensively, we need him. I'll get him his targets. He was pissed off on Sunday for not getting his targets. You know what? I'll get him his targets. I'll make sure he gets the football. And Bruce goes, "All right, last strike." <laughs> last strike (laughs) and that and that that could be the situation because trust me if Tom, the only reason why he's not on his football team anymore is because how he went
0: out i'm very you you couldn't bring him back after that i'm very interested to know how this whole thing plays plays out if that outburst happens when the Bucks defense is on the field and Tom Brady is on the sideline, when Antonio Brown is on the sideline, like what that interaction would have looked like.
1: Yeah, but here's the thing, I don't think that fuse was automatic was you know instantaneously lit while the defense was on the was was the, the Bucks offense was on the field. Somewhere again.
0: Half-time. Was Tom the one that calmed him down at halftime? Halftime, there was an
1: issue. They had a couple possessions in the third quarter, there was an issue. So it's not like it's not like all of a sudden, oh poof, you know, there goes there goes that keg of dynamite and it's and it's it's you know it's Antonio Brown. Everyone knew not only, not only that, who was who was one of the guys that was trying to calm him down? Wide receiver Mike yep. Evans. So it's not like nobody knew. It's not like all of a sudden, you know, oh well, I guess let's see. It's um, you know, a couple minutes left in the third quarter. Uh yeah, now's the time I'm gonna go go, go sideways. Uh-uh. He was probably pissed throughout halftime and in that third quarter while they were, while they were on the football field.
0: Is this finally the final uh, nail in Antonio Brown's NFL coffin? Does he ever play another down? Depends so on who you league?
1: ask. See, here's the thing that's a good question. And the reason why it's a good question is <sighs> there are guys that have had multiple chances and have not even had success in their most recent multiple chances. Josh Gordon continues to get multiple chances over and over and over. And he hasn't seen a thousand yard season since that one year in Cleveland. And that's a whole long time ago to be still getting chances. And I understand that it's been a long time ago, but Ray Rice didn't get a second chance in this league. You want to know why? Because he had 600 yards having after having four 1,000 yard seasons. And the last year, he played football. He was absent three yards of carry. That's why. If Ray Rice was balling like he was balling the first four seasons in Baltimore and had over a thousand yards, when that situation happened and got on video, guess what? Ray Rice would have gotten a second chance. May have not been with the Baltimore Ravens, but he would have gotten a second chance. So because of that, there is going to be someone, some coach, and some quarterback that thinks they can control and keep A.B. under wraps and get out of him what they got out of him in Tampa Bay last year. Maybe not so much this year, but last year. And I've said it to you multiple times, and I say, I'll say it again. He, is, he was the, the best third wide receiver in the NFL. He was last year. He got he got banged up last year. Had he not got banged up last year, the dude was on a thousand yard pace. Dude, that's three guys that get over a thousand yards.
0: Right? Who's who's considered the number three receiver in Cincinnati? Higgins or uh, uh Boyd. Boyd? Cause that's the that's that's the one I mean that's
1: I don't, I that, would, they, are you going
0: to take one of those guys over? You, no, 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 but I'm saying, those
1: guys over? A, you,
0: you gave me homework. You
1: didn't put a due date finally, on fi- it. You finally so. got to it. I mean, by, do by now you gotten a, you've gotten an F on that homework. <laughs> I mean, now you want to do it? The class is over by now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so let me ask let me ask you this now. You talked about guys stepping up. Cyril Grayson certainly did that. He did that against Carolina, and then he did that in Antonio Brown's absence, catches the game-winning touchdown on Sunday against the New York Jets. You said two weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, especially with Godwin's injury, that you said you don't think that the Bucs can make a Super Bowl run without Antonio Brown. Based on what you've seen, last week I debated you know whose spot does Cyril Grayson take going into the playoffs I mean it's pretty clear now and the way Tom Brady trusts them, can the Bucks get enough out of Cyril Grayson to possibly make another run at this I mean some of their injuries are starting to shore up Leonard Fournette was at practice this week Giovanni Bernard was working with a trainer those guys don't play wide receiver though can Cyril Grayson and maybe Mike Evans giving, getting more healthy, can the Bucks make another run at this? Or are the Packers and Rams right now just too much of a hill to climb? The
1: best way to answer that is this. And that is, if you give me a, a healthy Leonard Fournette and the money game is intact, yes, you can get away with it. But if you're telling me that you don't have a, a healthy Leonard Fournette, and your number two wide receiver is Cyril Grayson. In comparison to what other teams have, we can talk about we can talk about Dallas's shortcomings all day long. But when you talk about offensive weapons and you pack, stack them up against the Bucks without Leonard Fournette, and you talk about Grayson being your number two wide receiver compared to what the what the Cowboys are going to throw at you, you're asking a lot of Tom Brady. To make things work without Leonard Fournette and Chris Godwin, that that's just the Cowboys. Then you move on to the Rams, who they have a quarterback that I I don't trust because he's yet to win a big game in his career when it comes to the playoffs. And I've I've certainly watched him enough in primetime games where you look up and he's throwing another pick six. And I'm talking about Matthew Stafford, but. When you talk about the weapons that he has at his his disposal and he has a running game that's intact now, not with just, uh, Henderson, he's got, um, Sony, Michelle, and it's talking about Cam Akers playing too. Those are three guys. You don't even have your top guy. And, and that, OBJ
0: starting to, not look, to mention look like OBJ. Not to mention was going
1: there next. Not to mention the wide receiver situation that's going on in, in, in L.A. That's been a pretty good one over the last three or four weeks. And this is just a side note. The excuses are gone in L.A. as far as I'm concerned when it comes to Matthew Stafford. Dude, do or die. You got, I just mentioned the running backs you have now. The wide receiver situation is, is where it is. I know you, I know you lost Robert Woods but you picked up Odell Beckham Jr. and he's playing the way he's playing. The excuses are gone in, in, in LA as far as the Rams are concerned. I'm not telling you they're going to make the Super Bowl, but if they don't, you got a question. We have to see why they don't. And if they don't, because of the quarterback, <laughs> you invested a whole lot in that dude to not make the Super Bowl because of him. All right, so... Continue. No, I was just going to tell you like the only situation that you could probably say in regards to the wide receivers is is concerned that you you don't flat out get crushed that as far as the NFC is concerned is maybe the Packers situation because they don't really have a true number two. But they've got a, I mean I
0: put more faith in Marquez Valdez oh, no doubt, or, no, or Randall Cobb than Cyril Grayson. No, no even doubt. with the two games that Grayson. No, made. no.
1: Don't get don't get it twisted. I'm not telling you Grayson is, is comparable to those guys because he's not. All I'm telling you is they don't have a they don't have a, a bona fide guy. If Godwin's healthy, you're not comparing you're not comparing sure. Evans and Godwin to Adams and whomever else you could have on Greenback. The only reason why you, you will is because it's Grayson and, and the, the fact that, okay, you can talk about... Uh, Grayson okay.
0: undoubtedly the number two moving forward based on his performance the past couple weeks. I
1: mean, when it comes to snaps, Johnson might get more of them. He might get more... He's
0: been snaps. playing better too.
1: Yeah, you got... Listen, 12's got to trust these guys. And right now, you know who we trust? He trusts Zero Grayson. The guy, the guy who ran a pattern last year and had the ball bounce off his face mask. And Tom's looking around like, "Who, who, who, who is this guy? I hit him square, not in the numbers. I hit him square in the face mask." And let's be didn't catch
0: it. Let's be real though. Mike Evans is the number one on this team. Gronk is pro- Gronk is probably the the true number two target.
1: That's fair. But see, and here's the thing, because, because in years past, and I'm saying years past, because it's, it's been since the Rams Super Bowl when, it, when the Patriots beat the Rams in years past,
0: Gronk was the number one in New England too. But, and he didn't play in that game. He was hurt. No, he played in the Rams. He played in the Rams Super Bowl. There was one of the Super Bowls he didn't – was it Philly that, that he one. didn't play in? He played in that one. There was one where he didn't play. He had a couple of catches
1: in that one. Here's the, here's the thing, though. It's not the same Gronk. Yeah. I mean, as as, as good as he looked on, on Sunday, and he looked really good on Sunday, seven catches, 115 yards, but he's still not the same guy. You can't expect him to do that throughout a playoff run. And you're right. Let's, let's, let's be honest. Gronk's going to be the guy who gets the second most targets on his football team moving forward. But still, you're asking me to, to, to trust that passing game without Fournette? I mean, if, you, if you're able to, and I bring up the Rams game, the Patriots-Rams game, the Patriots won that football game. You wonder why? Because they ran the hell out of the football. And if the Bucs can find a way to have Fournette and to be able to use 30 carries and balance things out a little more, Tom's not going to be throwing for 400 yards in the playoffs, dude. And if he has to, it may not be a good situation. And we can sit here and talk about the season they've had, right? Where they score 28 points. I think they're will they 11-0 when they score 20, 28 points or more. They haven't lost a game. But that was then. We're not there. Godwin's gone. Fournette's banged up. We're not there anymore. This team, look look on Sunday, you know, you look up and they're losing by 14 to the New York Jets, right? That's not supposed to happen. They scored 10 points in the first half against the Jets. So, I mean, don't expect, Bucks fans, don't expect all of a sudden to to have things happen like it happened last year where they got on that that run, that seven, eight-game winning streak, and they scored 40 points a game. That's not this team. This team is not built like that because of the injury to Godwin and the four
0: banged up. Like I said, I, there's not a ton to preview in terms of this Sunday's game, especially considering we Come just on, saw. on, man, let's this, talk Panthers. Keep pounding. We just saw this game two weeks ago. Keep pounding. There is, there is a reason for the Bucs to win this game because the Bucs could still move up to the number two seed or they could drop down to the number four seed. They are. Uh, right now, as the three seed in the NFC, moving to the playoffs, the Packers have locked up home field. Bucks have no chance for that. Before I get into a question for you about the playoff matchup, simply going to ask this: Bucks definitely win on Sunday at home against Carolina.
1: You ask You were seriously asking me that question?
0: I mean, look at what happened last week against the Jets, and they won. And, they and not not only
1: that, they won in spite of. Uh, the number two receiver on the team going haywire and sideways and taking celebrity cab rides out of, out of the stadium. Yes. They went on Sunday. Okay. They're playing, a, so- they're playing a Panthers team that has a quarterback that in the last five games has zero touch in his last five games has zero. You see what I'm doing here? Trey Downey, I'm showing you a zero big fat <laughs> zero. Sam Donald in his last five games has zero touchdowns and five interceptions. And you think he's coming into Ray J on Sunday to beat the Pats, to beat the, the Bucks? That's not happening. They so, They scored freaking 18 points a game, dude. So if that's the case. I know you're trying to keep folks happy in Charlotte. No, I'm not. I'm so just asking that. I'm just I'm, I mean,
0: I'm just I'm Keep just pounding, ask, baby. Keep pounding. Uh, I'm just asking the question. So if that's the case, and I'm with you there's no chance that the Bucs play either the Rams or the Cardinals in the first round of the playoffs. Based on all of the scenarios, even if the Saints are to get in, there is no scenario where the Bucs would play the Saints in the first round. So if the Bucs win, the only two teams they could play on wildcard weekend are Philadelphia or San Francisco. Which one of those do you want if you're a Bucs fan? And which one of those are you more afraid of if you're a Bucs fan? I want... Philadelphia. I don't want San Francisco. Why? Because I think,
1: I think San Francisco is more balanced team offensively. You want George, you want George Kittle running around on you?
0: You want, you want people to running around on that secondary? No, no, no. Well, no and no. I mean, you and I mean, no, 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 no. let's be, do you think, you think San Francisco does does get in though? Because they No, you asked ask, me you asked me a question. No, no, no. Those two teams. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm asked. but I'm asking you that I'm asking you now, San Francisco plays the Rams mm-hmm. on on Sunday. No, they're gonna lose and on Sunday. Do you think that the Saints beat the Falcons and get in then? Oh the Saints would beat the Falcons, yeah. So then if that's the if that's the case, the Bucks will play the Bucks would play the Eagles and and the Saints would still the Saints would still get in. So you think You even though San Francisco is the more dangerous team in your opinion than Philadelphia, matchup wise, you think San San Francisco's sitting at home come wild card weekend? Yeah, because here's the thing okay, you're you're talking about this this, the, the Saints having to
1: beat Atlanta, although it's in Atlanta, as opposed to the 49ers going to LA and winning in LA, which is another thing. If the Niners do win on Sunday,
0: Bucks can get the two seed.
1: And here's another question. Again, what the heck do the other Rams doing losing at home in a game that gives them playoff seeding? You're not supposed to lose that game, dude.
0: You just you're that, not. That's the di- that's it's the difference in, possi- in possibly impossibly winning the division. They yes. haven't locked up the division. Carol or uh Arizona could still win that division. Correct. That you get you go from what being the two seed? Winning and being a two seed. And hosting
1: a divisional round game, Hosting too. a divisional round. Or, worst case scenario, you lose and you, you're on the road a wild card.
0: You're going to Dallas more than – Dallas or Arizona.
1: So, so, again, it's all the incentive in the world the Rams have to winning on Sunday. That's why I'm telling you the Niners won't win. It's more about the Rams having that incentive, and if they don't take advantage of that incentive, I'm done with the Rams, man. Don't even I don't, I don't care about them going to Dallas and playing Dallas, and, and Dallas having the issues they had against Arizona a couple of weeks ago. I don't. It doesn't even matter to me. It doesn't even. even if the Rams went into Dallas and won a wild card weekend, would I trust them divisional playoff round? Heck no, 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 no. You had a chance to be the number two seed and, and win it home and and host a playoff game at home. And win a division. And you lost
0: against a, a divisional foe. <sighs> How does the AFC picture play out? The Titans, all they have to do is beat the beat the Texans, and they are the number one seed. They get the bye, they get home field, and possibly Derrick Henry back. Maybe Tennessee is actually dangerous. Uh, and then the rest of the playoff picture: the Colts just have to beat the Jags to get in. No matter what, whoever wins between the Chargers and the Raiders, uh, they would get into the playoffs. The Ravens Steelers winner does have a chance if the Colts lose on Sunday. How do you think that whole picture plays out? You think the Titans get home field? And then who are the two teams you think get the last two wild cards? Yeah, the
1: Titans. I mean, again, same scenario with regards to having the opportunity to where you could be the number one seed. You're playing a 4-12 and team. Although it's on the road, you're looking at the opportunity to be the number one seed and have a bye week and get healthy and have an extra week to get back Derek Henry. So everything is on the line for the Titans to win, especially after the way you beat up on the Dolphins last week, who were, they were phonies when it came to. Fool's people- gold. Yeah, people talking about them being the hottest team in the NFL, please. Other than Lamar Jackson, they didn't even be any quality quarterbacks when it came to the Dolphins winning streak. And you watch them on Sunday and you watch the Titans dismantle them easily. But you got to play on Sunday. You got you to pack your bags and go to Houston. But you're playing a 4-12 and team and you got everything on the line to give yourself a bye and to give yourself an extra week to get healthy and to get back that beast of a running back in Derrick Henry and go off and take off in regards to maybe a potential Super Bowl run for the Titans. As far as the Colts are concerned, I mean, you're talking about them playing the Jags. You're talking about the same situation. Those two teams, the AFC South teams, the, the two leaders in the AFC South, are playing the two bottom feeders in the AFC South. They're playing the Jags. And granted, it's in Jacksonville. It's a road game for the Colts but you should win that football game. What's on the line too for you beat a, a
0: two and 14 team. And who do you think? So you think the Colts get in? So who do you favor in uh Chargers Raiders, the Sunday night game?
1: I don't trust the Raiders at home, dude. I've seen them put up stinkers against the Washington football team at home. You would think that Chargers
0: have put on, put up some. Oh, no doubt. Too. No,
1: no, 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 no doubt. Listen, <laughs> the reason why I would pick the other team is not so much because of who the other team is. <laughs> and what I mean is it's not that I have so much faith in the LA Chargers. It's just, I don't have much faith in, in the, the Vegas Raiders being able to, to win that football game, man. They, look at them last week, right? They beat the Colts right mm-hmm. on the road. Thanksgiving Day went into Dallas, beat Dallas, and then they turn around. And I mentioned, like I said, they 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 struggled against the Broncos at home. They struggled against the Washington football team at home. You want me to trust them at home? Even even the the, the winner, you know, the winners in, the losers out in that type of game. And then the charges, who knows which team is gonna show up? The team that, you know, goes into uh Baltimore and gets spanked. Gets crushed early in the season, goes on the, goes on the road and plays the Bengals, gets spanked, gets crushed. But then they turn around and, and uh, you know, they put up 40 points against or 38 points against Cleveland. Granted, it was at home, but it's not like Vegas has the greatest home field advantage anyway.
0: If if Vegas wins, does Rich Bisaccia get the head coaching no, job?
1: No. That, 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 Even if they make
0: the playoffs, you don't nope, think he gets the job? Nope. So, it, so... If, so if that's the case, then we have Raiders and Jags already. You've got situation you've got the situation with the Giants where they've said they're going to bring Joe Judge back. Uh I mean, we've already previewed this weekend in the NFL. We know the marquee game is Chargers Raiders because it is a playoff game. What are we looking at on Black Monday? Because I don't Ricardo. think that Chicago, I, I do think so. I wouldn't be surprised. Broncos?
1: Be sur- I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at Broncos. I wouldn't be surprised at Minnesota
0: either. Yeah. What about what about Carolina? I There hasn't been a full vote of confidence Uh-hoo. in Matt Rule. I think...
1: I think Rule gets a, gets a stay. And the main reason why, two reasons why. One is... They bought into the guy I mentioned earlier in regards to the zero touchdowns he has in the last five games. And Sam Donald, he wasn't the only one. The organization bought into Sam Donald, right? They bought him there. The front office bought him there too. So that's one thing. They don't have a quarterback situation settled. That, that that's that's rules excuse. I don't know if excuse is the right term, but that's his out when it comes to potentially, you know. Being looking for a job Black Monday. The second reason why he hasn't out is Christian McCaffrey can't stay healthy, dude. Yep. This is another season where he got banged up, got hurt. And this is your this is your this is your number one weapon offensively. So because of that, think of it. Think about it. Your quarterback situation is crappy. Your running back who's supposed to be arguably the most versatile running back in the NFL can't stay healthy. So right there, I talk about them averaging 18 points a game. Well, that's why they average 18 points a game and, and having broke, you know, 21 in their losing streak because of not having the quarterback situation going away and not having McCaffrey. So that's, I don't know about Carolina being, being out on rule just yet. Plus who, if they buy him, I mean, if they cut fire him, you got a whole lot of money coming to him too. Cause it's, that would be only year yeah. two. Of his contract, a, ooh, I, I know David Tepper's got he's got money, um, but that's a waste. That's a whole lot of a whole lot of wasted money.
0: Any chance that the Giants go back on their word if they if they lose Heck, badly yeah. to the Washington football oh, team? most
1: definitely. Mo- and it's not even a matter of going back on their word because it's not exactly like they had a presser and told everybody they're keeping Joe Judge. <laughs> that's just everybody assuming. Based off of one source or you know, a couple of sources that hey um, yeah the Giants are going to keep Joe Judge now that could be Joe Judge's agent that could be that could be the general manager who's going to get fired that could be a whole that could be you know like I said it could be various sources that telling you that they're keeping him but it's not like John Mara you know one of the owners of the Giants got in front of got in front of the media and, and said hey we're keeping Joe Judge. And all of a sudden on Monday they fire him. They're not going back on their word because they're not the ones that said he's coming back. We assume based off a source that he's coming back.
0: Any chance the Pete Carroll era is done in Seattle? Like, Good do we question. see a re- do we see a resignation, or does that situation not play out until the Russell Wilson situation plays out? Or could that be a situation where uh, he leaves for another job? That that's the one that's that's the one that's so interesting to me because I don't see Pete Carroll waiting so long to say this Russell Wilson situation doesn't get cleared up till close to the draft and he's gone. And then Pete Carroll says, Oh, I don't want to be in this rebuild. So if Russ is gone, I'm gone. That that's a really interesting one to me to see how that all plays out.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good question. But I don't know, I don't know necessarily that the the Russell thing won't get squared away b- before the draft. They could get squared away as soon as free agency, free agency starts. It all depends on, I guess, the fallout of Russ leaving Seattle. Do you get a quarterback in return? Because I can't see Pete Carroll at 60 plus, 70 years old, going through a rebuild in Seattle. A rebuild that doesn't include first round picks. That's the issue. That's what you're asking him to do. I mean, granted, if they trade Russ, they may get first-round picks back. But, but let's remember something. Russell Wilson is an all-pro quarterback. But he hasn't been playing all-pro football in the last couple of years. He hasn't been really that good lately. And you can blame the offense. You can blame the offensive line. You can blame maybe the lack of a running game or a healthy running game. I only say lack of running game because there have been moments they've had to run a game a healthy running game, but he hasn't been, he hasn't been Russ of 2018. You know, it was seasons where we, we looked up week six, week seven, we looked up and we're like, dang, Russ is having an MVP type season. That hasn't been the case in the last couple of years. So you trade Russ, get first round picks in return. Maybe you get a quarterback to return too. Maybe Pete sticks around, but that's a really good question because he may, he may pull the rug out from under him before Russ
0: leaves. Yeah. Cause that's when have we ever seen a coach leave the team in March? Like you just don't, you don't see that. So how that situation plays out is going to be very interesting. And, and Trey, you know what, you, you, you asked
1: that question. And honestly, if, you know, it may not be Black Monday. It may be the it may be the Tuesday of that week or the Wednesday of that week. But would I be shocked if Pete Carroll comes out and it comes across our phones and it says, Pete Carroll has resigned as, as a Seahawks coach? Would I be shocked? No, not at all.
0: Because not me the, either. Su- That's why I brought the up situation. the question. Yeah.
1: Because of the situation. Whether it be at, because of the quarterback and the fact that you're asking him to go through a rebuild where well, you don't have the, the material to rebuild
0: that football team. Well, And then how that situation plays out, too, if that were to happen, if he comes out next week and says he's retiring or resigning, and that's before the Russell situation is – like, where do you go – Seattle – and do you go after a coach that you think could convince russ to say to stay do you tell the people that you're bringing in and interviewing as a uh, for that head coaching job to expect a rebuild it's a, it's just such a tricky situation in seattle if pete's gone russ is gone and you blow it up boom. it's going to be a very interesting final week the first ever week 18 in the nfl and we will be back next week to break down what sometimes is the best weekend of football the entire year? We've got the uh, wild card weekend, and it is extending into Monday this year with the Monday night wild card game. Lynn, quickly, quickly, just give me, give me a winner and a score before we leave. College football national championship Ooh. in Indianapolis on Monday night, Alabama in Georgia, the rematch. Who wins? You said quickly. Quickly,
1: I'm pausing just because you said quickly, and you don't <laughs> rush me. Thirty-one twenty-four, the
0: Bulldogs. I'm on Georgia too. I think Georgia, I think Georgia wins, maybe even maybe even by ten points. I think the first game was the outlier. There's more for Georgia to fix than Alabama playing a perfect game. Finally, in first one.
1: Finally finally one of saban's assistants gets him
0: i mean jimbo did it earlier this year but first time in a in a i'm in a talking really about it i'm game. talking yeah. about in, in a prime, but that was the first time that was the first time it ever happened But jimbo yeah, beating exactly
1: him. it was the 22 games or 23 games where yeah. someone finally beat him and you mentioned it was jimbo when was that that was september october i'm talking about i'm talking about in a in a cfp i'm talking about and in a championship game, Nick's never lost to one of his assistants, but he does on Monday night. Finally!
0: He's Lynn Martez. You can follow him on Twitter at lmar 810 I am Trey Down. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. Follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore nation. And check out BucksNation.com for the latest and greatest on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.